Demystifying Office to Residential Conversions, Secrets to Success, Feasibility Framework. Written by Marin Reepmeyer, narrated by Gail Crew. Cornet Global's The Leader Magazine, August 2023. With office sector vacancies reaching an all-time high, the repercussions are being felt far and wide, especially in urban areas. Not only are buildings across class types experiencing an influx of availability, businesses that support these tenants and thrive on foot traffic are also particularly vulnerable. This domino effect is impacting the economic health of cities while influencing a shift in the way they look and operate. In response, local governing bodies are urgently seeking solutions to revitalize city streets while tackling the growing housing crisis. Residential conversion, which transforms office buildings into livable metropolitan spaces, presents a unique opportunity to achieve both objectives. But how do you determine if a conversion project is viable? This article will help you break through the barriers of converting an office building into a residential property. It will provide you with 12 industry secrets to better evaluate the feasibility and associated capital expenditure for any asset in your portfolio. With these insights, you will be in an optimal position to make the best decisions for your project and determine the next steps. Zoning Relief When contemplating an office-to-residential conversion, the first thing to consider is whether you would need to seek zoning relief to execute the conversion. Is residential use allowed as of right? If so, consider it a win and proceed to evaluation of the second consideration below. If not, what's your path to relief? Are there precedents which would support your request? It's important to understand what schedule impacts could result depending on your city's processes as well. To incentivize and offset challenges that come with the use conversions, many local jurisdictions throughout the U.S. have or are considering the implementation of more lenient rezoning in areas most gravely impacted by office vacancies and housing shortages. Other incentives include tax credits at both federal and local levels with special financing to help push the conversions forward. Ultimately, when weighing your return on investment, ROI, it's worth understanding what, if any, floor area ratio, FAR, is on the table. Additionally, allowable height is an important component to understand when evaluating your site-specific maximized zoning envelope. Maximizing square footage often leads to high returns and, in case of conversions, creative solutions can lead to unlocking an asset's greatest potential. Structural classifications and potential upgrades. Depending on the age of the building, its originally classified construction type may be antiquated and, therefore, reinforcing the framing members and upgrades may be required to accommodate anticipated loads associated with the new use. Similarly, a change of use could trigger a code-required seismic upgrade, which can be costly. It's important to understand existing conditions and capacities so the ROM for upgrades can be determined upfront. Floor plate depth and proportions. Efficient floor plate sizes and dimensions for commercial office buildings don't always align nicely with ideal floor plate sizes and dimensions for residential units. Sometimes they do, but often, especially in Class A buildings, they do not. Typically, the most critical dimension is that from core to exterior wall. In general terms, an urban office building may have a core to exterior wall dimension that's 1.25 to 1.5 times longer than we would typically see in a ground-up residential building. One of the main reasons for the shallower dimensions is that it allows more light penetration into the unit. When considering a conversion in the scenario where the floor plate is deeper, the question is what to do with that additional square footage. Each building is different and one size doesn't fit all, but here are some creative solutions to consider. Introduce a light well. 
Use that additional square footage to amenitize the building. For example, co-working, fitness, laundry, pet spa, run room, lounge, party room, speakeasy, kitchen bar, sound booths, gaming, etc. Introduce a retail offering, for example, coffee kiosk, smoothie bar, wine bar, golf simulator, etc. Introduce balconies at the exterior wall. Modernize adaptable residential unit layout, either in-unit flex work fitness den program or in-unit flex indoor-outdoor space. There are many solutions from a spatial layout perspective that can prove the conversion of fruitful endeavor, but of course, you'll need to assess what the market will bear for best outcomes. In many cases, we believe the unique offering will give your asset a leg up from its competitors. Another consideration when looking at floor plates and efficiencies is the potential uptick in loss factor when it comes to usable square footage. One needs to measure market rates against usable space while assessing and defining potential load factors for best outcomes. Vertical transportation. As part of the code analysis, it's important to assess the building's stairs and elevators before determining if upgrades or additional redundancy will be necessary. Elevator modernization may be recommended based on the age of the building. In addition, capacity and travel distances need to be verified at all stair cores. In a mixed-use scenario, consider convergence guidelines at each stair that serves occupants in more than one use type. Double banks of elevators will likely be required in mixed-use scenarios as well. Beyond that, you'll want to consider redundancy at each elevator bank along with sizing for freight and gurneys. MEP FP infrastructure upgrades. When converting a building from housing office tenants to residential tenants, demising plans are vastly different and therefore a redistribution of the building's mechanical, plumbing and electrical components is essential. Additionally, the existing metering systems will likely need to be reconfigured. Starting with the central core components, upgrades to MEP FP infrastructure are an integral part of ensuring a successful conversion but can also come with added costs. Energy Code Envelope With the adoption of the new Energy Code, we're finding that many buildings that were built 20 plus years ago have underperforming envelopes and antiquated mechanical infrastructure per today's standards. When contemplating a conversion, building performance and energy usage must not be overlooked. Potential upgrades could incur the incorporation of high-performance glazing, additional insulation, high-efficiency boilers, and air handlers, etc. Access to fresh air and outdoor space when transforming a commercial building for residential use, access to clean, fresh air is a vital amenity that cannot be overlooked. This important component can be integrated into the design in many ways. In-unit operable windows, privatized terraces or balconies, adaptable three-season spaces, common courtyard, common or privatized roof decks, site amenities, and common gardens and biophilia. Each of these can be accommodated given creative design solutions that are right-sized for the project programs, market-driven competitive set, and project budget. This right-size analysis is an important part of the conversion feasibility framework. Parking and site circulation. City-governed residential parking ratios vary from city to city and sometimes neighborhood to neighborhood, so it's important to know what your specific municipality will allow when contemplating a conversion. In dense urban cores, you may have to get creative when addressing parking and site circulation. Though costly, automated underground parking stackers can be a wise decision enhancing an asset's markability. Additionally, commercial buildings located near public hubs are often the best candidate for residential conversion, as many urban dwellers live without a car. An argument for relief of parking mandates can be made in these instances. Tenant amenities and ground floor retail activation. 
When considering a building conversion, it is essential to consider the overall street frontage and surrounding neighborhood assets to assess whether it suits a residential experience. This involves considering what retail opportunities the ground plane could house and whether they reflect the market's desires. Another consideration involves the accommodation of the residential entry sequence. In mixed-use scenarios, the project may require two entries off the street. If this is the case, additional capital may be necessary to accommodate this program. A thorough assessment of the street frontage is key to ensuring the project is market-driven and well-suited for residents. Unit mix, marketability, and affordable housing. What will the market bear? One must consider the competitive set when right-sizing your build-out. One must also consider affordability targets and the incentives tied to them. In today's market, it's not unusual to see affordability targets upwards of 20 to 30% in urban areas. Unit count and yield are an important part of SGA's initial feasibility assessment. Timelines, contracts, and lease terms. Finally, one must assess the building's current occupancy levels and contractual lease terms for said tenants. Are there any renewal rights? Demolition clauses? Vacancy clauses? Negotiations could become lengthy, affecting conversion timelines. Consider displacement strategies and incentives before diving too deep. The bottom line. When contemplating an office-to-residential conversion, understanding the associated capital expenditure involved is often the most crucial factor. To ensure the project is worth the investment and will generate a positive ROI, a feasibility assessment, as outlined above, is an imperative first step, accompanied by early cost-estimating exercises to test options aligned with design solutions presented so that decisions can be made swiftly and with assurance. About the author, Marin Reepmeyer, AIA, Lead AP, is Vice President at SGA.